We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Greetings. Thanks for coming along for the Monday edition of The Ride Home. You know, the weather's been so absolutely fabulous this uh, this month of August. And Kathy, you and I as um, non-air-conditioned houses, mm-hmm. hasn't it been really good? It's been really great. Yeah. Although it's gonna, it's heated up here considerably. It is so hot in my house right now. Ooh-wee. I want to tell you when I left to come to work, Woo. which was earlier today. That's mm, hot. <laughs> it was super hot. Yeah, it's gonna get cooler again. I think by Wednesday we're gonna cool down. No, I think it's thir- what? I think it's Thursday. Thursday. I was hoping on Wednesday. I think I it's think, Thursday. Well, I can do a couple of days. Yeah, I think it's about three days of ninety. Oh, that's rough. Yeah. Okay. No, right. I love it at night. I'm I'm good oh. with it at night. Yeah. You know what I mean? Once it cools down. But man, when you're at home and it's ten a.m. Mm. and that sun is just beating. Yeah. That is a lot. Okay, here's my question for you, though, John. Yeah. How late, you know, you're out a lot, you know, because of our non-air-conditioned lifestyles that Mm -hmm. we both have. Mm -hmm. And no, we don't live together. We've just, both of our families have chosen chosen this this suffering path. But anyway, you're always tweeting photographs or Facebooking photographs of yourself outside at night. Yes. Do you have bats in your yard? I do. Mm -hmm. On a regular basis. Almost nightly basis. And do you rejoice in them, or are you afraid of them, or what's your? No, situation? I'm not afraid of them. Um, okay. I, I welcome their their busyness. Um, it's kind of cool. I mean, I know they're taking care of business and they're doing mm-hmm. what they have to do to survive. My dogs are a little freaked out by them because they, you know, bats. Uh, you know, the expression "blind as a bat," of course, has truth to it, and they're just kind of finding their way and whenever they sort of you know pinpoint a, a running dog they'll kind of swoop down into it and the dogs the dogs will bark and jump but there's a little sort of gamesmanship going on in my backyard with the bats so i kind of like them you yourself that sounds dramatic dramatic no it's i don't think we have any bats in our yard you've not seen no, bats. no no and I, I no i'm surprised by that to be honest with you yeah um my family has a house on a lake and um, when it got to be 8 o'clock, 8.15, I mean, all the bats came out. So that was just, you know, we, we got used to it. But having the bats around, you know, up in the trees, around you, going for insects is one thing. Yeah. Looking at them, they're so sickeningly gross. They're revolting in every I don't way. Think they are. And I bring all that up because it's International Bat Night. What does that mean? Yeah. Bat Night. You've never celebrated? I can't believe you as you are. I've will never there be celebrated. a bat signal in the sky? Maybe there will be. Bon, it's not Batman. Batman. No, it's not Batman. That's the actual animal. Okay. Tonight is set aside each year to raise awareness for our flying rodent friends and why they deserve to be protected. Yes, they do. While Hollywood portrays them as nocturnal predators feasting on the blood of innocent and harboring, feasting on the blood of the innocent <laughs> and harboring rabies, the truth is quite different. This is, of course, written by the bat lobby. 
uh, bats mostly feed on insects, and you want bats to be out there patrolling the night and helping mm-hmm. to eliminate them. My question for you, John. Yes. Do you know where the largest bat colony is <laughs> in the world? In the world. Mm-hmm. And I'm asking because, of course, I have the answer. Yes. Uh, I would say trans- We could be talking about serious things in the world, and we will. But there's yeah. so many devastatingly serious things that are coming up on our show today. Mm-hmm. I just had to go with something, like, incredible. I had to. I, I can't go wrong talking I'm about star- nature. I'm starting to fall under the pressure of mm-hmm. all this, of all the sadness in the world. Yeah. Okay, back to bats. Uh, the largest bat colony in the world mm-hmm. would it be in Transylvania? Mm-hmm. No. Okay, what it's it- actually in America. I was really? surprised that it was in America. It's in Texas. Texas Bracken Cave, which sounds creepy. It does just for the name Bracken Cave sounds We're going creepy. Going down to Bracken it's Cave. The su- it's the summer home to the largest colony of bats in the world. How many? Twenty million. Whoa! Yow! That's crazy. That's so Twenty crazy. million bats. So if you like went into the into the cave and yelled something out, would all twenty million? Can you imagine waking up there one morning it is or sickening. one evening? It is and they're sickening. All hanging above? It is sickening. Twenty million. Twenty million Mexican free-tailed bats <laughs> are roosting in the cave from March to October, making it the largest known concentration of mammals anywhere. Anywhere. That's wild. It's in southern Comal County, Texas, right outside San Antonio. Mm. The opening to the cave is 100 feet, okay? And the cave lies at the bottom of a sinkhole formed when the roof and the cave collapsed. Mm. The cave and all of the undeveloped acres around it, which are 1,521, so it is off exactly, are owned by Austin, Texas-based Bat Conservation International, which restores the land to support native vegetation and an abundant variety of plants. So can you go in for tours? Mm, No. Access to the cave is restricted to protect the habitat of the resident bats. Hmm. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I've looked further down in the article. Mm. Bat Conservation International offers evening guided tours go. to the cave yeah. to watch the bats emerge. Eee, that'd be cool. Doesn't that, I would that love it. Sick. No, I'd do that. I don't want anything do to that? do with that. No that'd way. Be, no way wild. would I ever do that. That's so creepy. I mean, I'm glad they're there. I'm glad they have their life and it's really excellent and Wait, good for them. And I don't want anything to, to do with it. To watch the bats emerge. So do they all 20 million stream? I take, it must take forever. They have to, right? I mean, it's not like half of them are, what, you know, you think that like Harold is saying, hey, Madge, you just go out tonight. Yeah, no. I don't think they do that. I think they all go, right? I wonder, do you sit like, you know, in a, um, a screened in porch? That's kind of what I would hope that you would do. Evening guided tours to the cave mm. to watch the bats emerge. That's all I know. I don't have any of these. Yeah. What, what are they called? Is it called guano? Yes, that's what yeah. it's called. Which is essentially bat poop. Mm-hmm. Guano. 20 million bats. That's a lot of guano. Yee, 20 million flying your way. Okay, uh, as Cass said, we do. We have a lot going oh. on. The Catholic Church, we've been following that, of course, very, very closely. And there's big news this weekend. <laughs> big news this weekend. I mean, I don't think in the history, I, I think probably it's safe to say that anyone who's alive right now and you're either a Catholic or interested in faith in some way and following the story, you have never witnessed anything close to this. It is cataclysmic. I believe that there is massive change sooner or later underway, which we're seeing at the, mm-hmm. the, the, maybe the, uh, the beginnings of the stirrings of a giant moving. It's unfolding on an hourly, minute-by-minute basis, actually, mm-hmm. and we're tracking it as best we can. We're happy to uh, talk to Selena Zito. Uh, she's a Pittsburgh reporter, but she writes for the Washington Examiner, and she's on CNN. Um, she's going to be with us in the 5 o'clock hour. We're going to talk about the uh, latest bombshell that was released over the weekend, um, an archbishop coming out and 
and saying that uh, Pope Francis knew what was going on with Cardinal McCarrick um, and allowed it to happen. Um, so we'll talk to her about that and her personal experience being a kid growing up in a Catholic parish ours. in, in observa- uh, Observatory Hill yep. in the north side. And so we look forward to that. That's in our 5 o'clock hour. Also, at the end of the 5 o'clock hour, we're very happy to talk to someone who was a good friend of John McCain's, um, our very own Bruce Bickle. Pittsburgh's own um, beloved teacher and banker here in the city of Pittsburgh. He's going to join us to talk about, you know, what, 50 years ago when he met John McCain for the first time and uh, what it's been like since then to watch him and his uh, career as we remember him, his death over the weekend. Very nice. We'll take a break. And as we always do to start off the week, we're headed live to the White House with Greg Clugston, who joins us from SRN News. What's the deal with the flag? Is it a half staff or full staff? I believe it's down at half staff. Now. But it was up before. Yes. 101.5 WORD. With James McDonald and Walk in the Word. This week on Walk in the Word, prepare to be transported to the dry, sandy climate of ancient Egypt. We'll stand with Moses as he confronts Pharaoh, experience Passover with the Israelites, and cross the Red Sea. And along the way, we'll learn a foundational biblical truth. God always makes a way for his people. Listen all week to James McDonald and Walk in the Word. Tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. on 101.5 WORD. I know many of you know my friend Todd Marley at Marley Financial uh, because you've worked with him there. And so if you have, you know that they were the first and still the best option for individual health insurance because they provide both traditional and non-Obamacare plans. But now they're also offering the best group health plans in the nation. Typical savings up to 40 percent. Small, medium, even large groups. Marley's got you covered, giving you and your employees access to national networks where you can choose any hospital you like. So if you want to go to Highmark or you choose UPMC or Mayo Clinic, even Johns Hopkins, whatever it is, Marley's giving you the power to choose what's best for you and also what's best for your employees, whether they're W-2 or 1099 subcontractors, because you're not worrying about the usual headaches of things like minimum participation or employer contributions. So give Marley Financial a call now at 724-884-1496 and find out what it's like to work with the most innovative agency in Pennsylvania. 724-884-1496 at MarleyFG.com. While it's back to school for everyone else, you're looking to take your next step. If only your high school diploma came with a career game plan. The good news is Express Employment Professionals is here to help. If you're looking for immediate work, sign up for the Express Jobs app and you'll be able to apply for a variety of quality jobs quickly and easily. If you want to continue learning and building skills, you can access 18 free CTC courses through their Express Learn program. Learn more today at ExpressPros.com or call 412-264-2000. Life doesn't stop on the weekends and neither do you so we understand that it can be hard to find the time to shop for a mattress this is robin trusinski of the original mattress factory and we have a completely new website designed to help you simplify the mattress shopping experience check out our products view our prices and even place an order for pickup local delivery or to have it shipped outside of our delivery area just visit originalmattress.com and find a thoughtfully made honestly priced mattress of your own the original mattress factory great beds no bull I'm not a pastor, I'm not a therapist, I'm not a counselor, I'm not a theologian, I'm a Christian. Introducing a new show for those struggling with addiction. And I sit here today with 23 years of recovery because of God's grace, support team, and the 12 steps to recovery found in God's Bible. Join Terry Hanna for Christians with Secret Addictions and find hope to begin again. You too will have a new way of life. Sunday night at 645 on W. 
Following the bouncing ball in and around Washington, D.C. is hard to do. But our next guest, Greg Clugston from SRN News White House, he joins us on a regular basis, and that's his sole job. Greg, the bouncing ball, how are things there today? Hi, John. I'm good. Kathy, great to be back with you. Mm-hmm. Always good. Thank you, Greg. Good to see you, Greg. Um, I love the picture you tweeted out today of uh, John McCain recently just passed away over the weekend with your son. Say that again? I, I saw the photograph that you tweeted today of John oh. of John McCain with your son. With my son. I don't think that was from me. No. That's, why, that's why I hesitated. I'm so sorry. Really? That's so disappointing. I it was really, my son. It was, no. <laughs> it was not John's son. Was it Mike? Was it your son? <laughs> I, I thought it was. I thought it was a. Uh, we had crossed lines there for a minute. There, wow. I, had to, I had to quickly think what was going on. Okay, yeah. well, we're not going to talk about that. But why don't you tell us about John McCain? First off, can you help us figure out what's going on with the flag? Because it was lowered to half staff over the weekend, yes. and then today, I believe this morning, it was a full staff, and there was all of this criticism going on. You know, how dare they? They obviously don't care about John McCain. And now, just twenty minutes ago, it's at half again. Yeah, it's back to half. Uh, half again, and you're you're right. It was uh, it was lowered uh, at some point late Saturday after news of McCain's death, and then it was it was down at that position all day yesterday, and then I guess shortly after midnight last night it was raised again. Even though U.S. the U.S. Capitol flags and and flags around the country were still uh, you know at half mast, and and the idea meaning that you know a lot of uh, flags would remain in that lowered position. Um, through the burial of an individual, you know, of the status of John McCain. So it's it's been up and down here at the White House. And just 15 minutes ago, just before you called a few minutes ago, uh, the president, um, through the White House, did issue an official statement on John McCain beyond that two-sentence tweet that he put out on Saturday, which did not address John McCain, the person, at all, but just was expressing his condolences essentially in his sympathies and so i won't read the whole statement it's it's still a fairly short statement from the white house but from the president but his opening line is despite our differences on policy and politics i respect senator john mccain's service to our country and in his honor have signed a proclamation to fly the flag of the u.s at half staff until the day of his interment which will be next sunday fabulous i'd say that's good news but i'm surprised by all the twisting and turning what happened well, you know, it took a long time. I mean, look, some people may say, well, what's the big deal? It was two days that it took, you know, for the president to come out with this statement. Um, these kinds of statements, to be honest, are fairly routine for administrations uh, in addressing world figures, well-known individuals, certainly members of Congress of, of the stature of John McCain. And when we learned last Friday from the McCain family that the senator was going to be stopping his cancer treatment, um, that was, you know, it was basically a 24-hour heads-up, uh, you know, prior to his death. And so, you know, I, I would dare say most White Houses would have had, you know, uh, a statement prepared or would have been moving quickly to prepare some sort of a statement um, because the president is is speaking on behalf of the American people. He is the American president, uh, and in his role, despite any political differences, and there certainly were political differences between McCain and Trump, would have, would have done something. And, and there was reporting over the weekend that you may have read from the Washington Post and others that the president rejected putting out a statement over the weekend that actually had been drafted. So uh, there was a lot of criticism today aimed at the president, both from Republican and 
democratic voices who thought that uh, he was he was you know letting you know past differences with with McCain get in the way of doing what he needed to do as the American but, president. Okay, but this is another one of those moments, Greg, where I I ask the question: Does everything have to be about Donald Trump? I mean, we're we're trying to honor uh, an American war hero, and there are tributes coming out. You know, it seems like every two minutes you can find them online. Um, but somehow this has turned into again to a referendum on the president. Well, it has. Unfortunately, I, I agree. It is unfortunate that it has turned out that way. Um, I, you know, I don't I don't give my opinion much uh, in my role as a, as a journalist, but yes, uh, I, I would come as as close to giving an opinion in this situation. Uh, in answer to that question, Kathy, is if if the White House had put out a statement when just about every other public official was putting out a statement on Saturday evening, this would not have been a story about right, Donald right. Trump. Um, so it, it seemed as if it was a missed opportunity, just based on past uh, you know precedent and practices of previous administrations in s- similar situations. From the White House, SRN News White House correspondent Greg Clugston is with us. Greg, in looking at the news cycle over the over the weekend, of course, as you were talking about, lots of tributes to, to John McCain. But what's surprising, I, I believe, is uh, the negative coverage or the people who are just so dug into wagging a finger about John McCain and his service as United States Senator. I mean, uh, clearly, you, I don't think anybody will, <laughs> maybe in today's contentious time you can't, I don't think few people can argue with John McCain's service to this country, especially as a, a Vietnam prisoner of war. And then post in the United States Senate, some mistakes, a lot of miscues, perhaps, you know, the dirty of politics and whatnot. But it does feel, um, you know, to speak ill of the dead, uh, especially as John McCain has been such a, a major and I would say positive figure in American politics these last few decades. He, he was a public servant for decades in, you know, the military and political service. He twice ran for president, was uh, the nominee for the Republican Party in 2008. So, uh, you know, he, he certainly had the stature of, of, of because of those positions and those experiences. But you're right in saying that his approach to, uh, to that public service, uh, I think, is what uh, won a lot of people over, even people that did not agree with his politics. And, and when you look at, uh, you know, he obviously was a Republican. That was his party affiliation. But there were a lot of, and still are a lot of Republicans, conservative Republicans, that uh, weren't maybe thrilled with uh, a lot of his politics, whether it had to do with comments about, you know, the religious right back when he was first running for president, or his uh, his sort of uneasy relationship with evangelical conservatives and, and social conservatives on, on, on a range of issues, or what a lot of people thought was uh, being too moderate uh, in terms of working across the aisle and extending, um, you know, a, a bipartisan effort to to work with Ted Kennedy or somebody else uh, from the Democratic Party on on major legislation, uh, but you know, someone like John McCain realized as a member of the Senate that was that's how you got things accomplished, right. and uh, he was not he was not afraid to do that, even if that meant alienating or offending or upsetting certain members of his own party. Which is interesting because the president is a built of the same muscle, cut from the same cloth. So the, the two, as contentious as their relationship was, maybe, you know, uh, they saw themselves in each other and that was the, the repulsion from each other. 
I guess so. And of course, you can't talk about Trump and you can't talk about McCain um, without, you know, the the Obamacare vote. This is, you know, happened early last year. The Obamacare repeal vote in the U.S. Senate. John McCain uh, comes in at the end of the voting, uh, and it's sort of in the balance. The the, the outcome is in the balance, and uh, he outstretches his arms before finally giving a thumbs down. A very sort of visceral mm-hmm. uh, rejection of what uh, you know President Trump had hoped would be a, a legislative victory, and so that that has been that's been very hard for this White House and for this president to deal with, um, and uh, it is good despite those differences that uh, even if it perhaps is 48 hours late in coming, that you had this re- you had this response and this proclamation issued by President Trump today about Senator McCain. Mm-hmm. We're talking to Greg Clugston, SRN White House correspondent, whose son is not pictured today. No. <laughs> Although there is a picture with Greg in a, in a, uh, a microphone. Right, but that's different. It's that's diff- actually yeah, not Greg's not, son. Not your son. Um, anyway, so let's talk about the new trade announcement. So NAFTA is a thing of the past. Well, it's close to being a thing of the past. The president uh, was announcing that uh, the United States and Mexico have essentially come to terms on an agreement that would replace NAFTA. So it's not finalized yet. Uh, there's a 90-day period after which this um, this new trade deal, which is presented to Congress, then has to uh, be you know looked at and then uh, eventually voted on by the Congress. So we're looking at like, like the end of November, perhaps, for this to be finalized. But the president was uh, eager to get the word out today. He uh, made comments from the Oval Office. He had the president of Mexico on his speakerphone on the desk in the Oval Office as a part of the photo op today. <laughs> and you had both both leaders congratulating each other, not providing a lot of um, details about what the plan is, except to say that they think it's uh, an improvement over NAFTA. And, of course, NAFTA was a three-country agreement, with Canada being the other partner. And the president said uh, the U.S. is uh, working and is going to be working with Canada right away to see what the kind of deal they can do, whether it's a separate deal with Canada or whether they add Canada to this one. Well, I think this is um, this is a, a move that will energize Trump's base. I mean, this is the kind of, um, of of issue that the workers, many workers in America, felt like weren't wasn't taken seriously by previous presidents, and so I think this is going to garner him a lot of points. I think you're right, and it falls into the category of the economy. If it, if this in fact does, you know, prove to be a positive factor for. Uh, for for the continued uh, economic improvement, because when you look at all the poll numbers uh, coming in, the president continues, even though he has some areas where his numbers are lower, he still gets very high marks uh, for the economy, and this falls right into that area. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, Greg, it's a fascinating world that you live in. Thanks for joining us here to give a little clarity to us here in the city of Pittsburgh. Hey, glad to do it. Thanks, guys. Our pleasure. Greg Clugston, SRN News White House correspondent. Information about Greg, wordfm.com. Are you drowning in IRS tax debt? I owe the IRS $37,000. Get ready for a toll-free hotline. Take advantage of new IRS tax forgiveness programs that may protect you from IRS collection agencies. They have the power to garnish your wages, put liens on your property, and levy your bank account. Civic Tax Relief can help protect you from the IRS. Civic Tax Relief basically represented me against the IRS, and by the time everything was completed, I didn't owe the IRS anything. 
Find out about the Fresh Start program that is now available through Civic Tax Relief. Civic Tax Relief's special tax hotline can help you discover all the relief programs available for free. I would recommend anyone who has a tax problem to contact Civic Tax Relief. Just call 800-324-4522. 800-324-4522. Don't wait. Call now. 800-324-4522. 800-324-4522. My oldest son had a really strong academic career in high school. And like a lot of kids, he didn't try that hard. It just kind of came to him. Not to say that he was lazy, but you know, it wasn't like something he had to work really hard at. However... When he went to Grove City College, quickly in that first semester, things started to fall apart for him. And the big thing was he wasn't organized. Mm-hmm. Right. He wasn't ready for the next step. No. Yeah. Uh, now, the good thing was he confided in one of the teachers, one of the professors at Grove City. And oh, glory. I mean, the guy got him back on track, gave him a few tips and helped him tremendously. So he rebounded from that poor first semester and made the second semester work. He's doing great now as he heads into his junior year. Okay, now you and I have never showed this before, but my daughter had a similar experience. Oh, I did not know this. It was in her very first uh, project, her very first long paper she had to turn in, and it was based on an album. Okay, it was a a, a kind of a cultural artifact analysis. And she submitted it, and she called me crying. She felt so horrible about it. And I said, listen, the only thing you can do is go tomorrow morning, talk to your professor, and just see what he says. So she got off the phone, you know, crying, thinking this is the end of her college career. Yeah. She shows up to the guy's office. As she's walking down the hall to see him, she hears that he's playing the album that she wrote about in her paper. <laughs> he didn't know she was coming. He just wanted to understand the artifact so well so that he could work with her. And her... Once she heard that, she thought... I'll relax. Yeah, he's invested in this, and I'm invested in this, and he's going to help me work it out. And that's exactly what happened. I love this. Okay, so t- to be truthful here, th- clearly there's a difference what's going on at Grove City College. I mean, they're investing in my kid. Yeah. I didn't have to know they had this conversation with your daughter. So I, I look at this at Grove City. They're a step above. There's something there that's going on that's different than a lot of universities. Yeah. So if you're looking for a group of faculty that's not just invested in their own academic advancement, but interested in your kid and your kid's maturity, consider Grove City College. Online? GCC.edu. I get this warm feeling every single time we have special needs patients in our office. Their needs are not that different from anybody else. Spending the time with that patient is very rewarding to me. Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care at StockFamilyDentistry.com. If you're not in the club, you're missing out. Word FM Discount Shopping Club members get up to half off great deals every day, right from your computer or smartphone, like today. Smile nice for half the price. Lamparski Orthodontics offers club members half off an Invisalign upgrade. That's a $1,300 value, yours for just $650. Lamparski Orthodontics, with four area locations. Log on now to wordfm.com, keyword shopping. Any shower or thunderstorm in the area will be diminishing early on this evening. Clear to partly cloudy tonight, very warm and muggy with a low of 70. Tomorrow, mostly sunny, very warm and humid with a high of 89 degrees. We'll stay mainly clear tomorrow night, 71. Wednesday, again, quite warm and humid with sunshine and clouds, high 87 degrees. I'm AccuWeather meteorologist Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM. So you reach a point in your life, if you've had a phone long enough, 
where it starts to die, right? Kathy, I know that you yourself. I've been in that position. I, I, my fo- I can't believe my phone is still living. It's actually a tribute to it because it, it started being in the in the death throes like six months ago. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, but it's still going. You might want to check out the guys at Walmart. Uh, overnight, state police are looking for two people who stole $17,000 worth of cell phones from a Somerset County Walmart. Trooper said in a news release that the theft of several phones, $17,000 in phones, happened at one thirty on Friday, one thirty a.m. on Friday at the Somerset Township store. The suspects, a man and a woman, said they fled the store. Troopers did not identify them. No charges have been filed. How many phones are $17,000? That's, that's a lot of phones. Were they just laying around? Jeez. Yeah. I, I, I guess there's a big black market. You think there would be for um, for, for cell phones. There's got to be a big black market. In fact, I've often thought, you know, I've, I've been considering um, for my daughters buying one online, you know, buying one on eBay or buying oh, sure, one on sure. Craigslist. And I think, well, how do Kinda I know it's shaky. not hot? I don't it's think shaky. I want to do that. Yeah. Like all of a sudden I'm like giving someone an app. I don't. Anyway, so I've decided not to. Mm-hmm. What? Are you shopping now for a phone for your family? Yeah. We did that a couple of years ago. That's it's so expensive. It is so expensive. It is so. Ex- it's just. You think this new economy? You know, whether it's um, cell phones or you're paying for airtime or you're paying for, you know, uh, internet access mm-hmm. or cable. I mean, that's something that your parents and my parents they never. never even, I know they never did. We're paying so and much listen, money. I, I really want to cut the cable. I really want to do it. Yep. Except if you want to watch sports, you have to have it. That's what I struggle with all these years. That's, I mean, I just, I heart, literally the only thing I watch on TV are sports and PBS, which I could probably. That's the only thing you watch? That's the only thing I watch. I don't watch any other stations ever. I watch Nothing. basically three stations. I watch Turner Classic Movies. Okay. I watch uh, the History Channel for American Pickers. Oh, okay. And I watch, um, HGTV for the home shows. Oh, okay. That's about it. Yeah. And, you know, and my my longing for the Pirates to be a better team, I've, I've kind of not watched them for a while. Well, I know. it's I didn't watch them over the weekend, yeah. but I did listen to them. <laughs> did you? Yeah, I did. That was good. Yeah. I, worked, I mean, it worked out well. Well, I watched the like 18, not 18 inning, but the 15 inning game. Mm, I didn't realize. It. Was there an extra inning game? I <laughs> see. Was there loop. an extra inning game? I'm just totally out of the loop. They came and scored. It was 4 nothing Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Let me just tell you how sad it was. It was 4 nothing Milwaukee. They came back and tied it. The Pirates came back and tied it in the top of the ninth inning in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. So it was great. All there were, it was, it was all, yeah. everything was looking up. But they brought Stephen Brault in, uh-huh. okay, yeah. to pitch. Stephen Brault pitched 10, 11, 12, 13, and 14, I think. Nice. I think he pitched five innings. Okay. But mysteriously, when the 15th inning started, he didn't come out. They brought another guy out whose name is leaving me right now. Okay. Because <laughs> he's probably leaving the Pirates. But this is what's the worst thing. Before they brought him out, in the top of the 15th, the Pirates had scored two runs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. Let's, All let's we have to do win. is close this out. Three and we're outs. Done. We're good to go. Let's go home. Oh, this is when they scored three runs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And one of the people he walked was their pitcher, was the Milwaukee pitcher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just one of those years. Mm-hmm. And then some. Anyway, so if I could just buy AT, AT what do you, what's that station even called anymore? It used to be Root, AT&T, AT&T Sports. Sports or something. Can't I just buy that so I can watch the... No, probably not. It just can't. You just can't. I mean, if you love sports, you have to watch it. I'm done with it. Yeah. I'm just annoyed. I'm yeah. annoyed with it. So when did the, uh, the Steelers start when? Is this the... Uh... It's after Labor Day. Oh, it is? Yeah. Okay. And I, you know how I don't believe in preseason. I don't pay any attention to it. I don't even want to dignify with conversation right. because I think it's just a money grab. Well, you know my, my rule. 
I'll start to watch when it gets cold. Oh, gosh, yeah. So Just if it's not it cold is. until December, John's That's not watching fine. football. September 9th. September 9th. Cleveland okay. Browns. Coming up next, arguing against self-interest. We're remembering John McCain with Dr. Tim Muehlhoff at Biola University. WORD. Your station for leading the way with Dr. Michael Youssef. What impacts a child's inner world is not standards for perfection, is not even rewards and incentives, but what really impacts the inner world of a child is an example of a parent whose inner belief has permanently changed his or her behavior. Make plans to join Dr. Michael Youssef this week on Leading the Way. Tomorrow morning at 6.30 on 101.5 WORD. Does your pillow come with a 60-day money-back guarantee? How about a 10-year warranty? Can you wash it, dry it, and never have it lose its shape? Can you sleep any way you like on it and still get the support that you need for the most refreshing sleep of your life? If you said no to any of these questions, then you don't have my pillow. Hey, this is John Hall, and my pillow is better than your pillow. Unless, of course, you have my pillow, in which case you already know it's the most comfortable pillow you've ever owned. If you haven't tried my pillow yet, now's the time. Because right now, my pillow is offering 50% off the four-pack special, which includes two premium pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. Just call 1-800-961-9207 and mention the promo code WORD to start enjoying the best sleep of your life. Or type it in when you visit MyPillow.com. Call 1-800-961-9207 or visit MyPillow.com. Use the promo code Word. RPTS, the Reformed Presbyterian Theological Seminary in Point Breeze, presents the 2018 Westminster Conference, Saturday, September 8th, at Memorial Park Church in Allison Park. Join Drs. Ligon Duncan, Joel Beakey, Michael Lefebvre, and RPTS President Barry York for this year's theme, Soundly Preaching the Word of God, preaching that is plain, faithful, wise, and zealous. The 2018 Westminster Conference, bringing the Westminster Confession into the 21st century. Register now at rpts.edu. I just saved hundreds of dollars by switching to Geico. I should have done this years ago. Disclaimer, traveling back in time is physically impossible unless you know how to build a functioning time machine. Then by all means, travel 25 years back in time, switch your car insurance to GEICO. You could save a bunch of money. While you're there, please prevent your younger self from wearing that sleeveless tuxedo t-shirt, parachute pants, and glitter high tops to your senior prom. And at long last, rectify this horrible crime against nature. GEICO is absolved of all liability if you destroy the fabric of time and space. GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Guys, we need to remind ourselves that the God of the Bible is not silent. Word FM presents Know the Truths, Philip to. Corsi at the 2018 Pastor Appreciation Luncheon. God has spoken, and He has spoken through His Word, and it's inspired, and it's inerrant, and it's authoritative, and it's breathed out, and it's able to make us wise unto salvation. It's able to make us complete, and it's able to equip us unto every good work. A free event for pastors, October 3rd at Heinz Field. RSVP now at wordfm.com slash pal. When a person who is higher in the um, governmental position passes away, always there is protocol to follow along. What we've just witnessed here today and yesterday with the lowering and the raising of the American flag in Washington, D.C., that's protocol, as crazy as it's been these last couple of days. So as a 
as a high-ranking member of the Senate or the presidency or the vice president is laid to rest, oftentimes there are dignitaries that are offered the chance to speak at the eulogy. And so as John McCain is ready to lay to rest, the, the news is that President Obama and President Bush, George W. Bush, will speak at John McCain's funeral is really shocking and, and very compelling, which says something deeply about the man John McCain. Dr. Tim Muehlhoff is with us. Dr. Muehlhoff is professor of communications at Biola University. His newest book is called Winsome Persuasion, Christian Influence in a Post-Christian World, here to talk about John McCain. Tim, welcome back, sir. How are you? Oh, great to be with you, too. How are you guys? We can't complain at all. It's um, beautiful weather on an August day. Life is pretty good. Uh, it's good here as well. Excellent. Yeah, good. So, Tim, when we think about someone like Don, John McCain, who um, was often at odds with his own party as much as he was at odds with the opposition, um, you see a certain type of personality, right? Um, tell us how you read John McCain as a communication professor. Well, I think he was so refreshing, uh, and we didn't, we're not seeing much of it today. Like, I, I remember in the 2008 campaign, right, it's when the whole birther movement was happening, and he's at a Republican rally, and a woman has the microphone, and she calls him an Arab. Oh, and, right. and John, yes. And John McCain goes, no, 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 and takes the microphone from her and literally says, uh, he's a decent person, he's a family man, he's a citizen, he's not an Arab. And you could hear a smattering of boos. Uh, some people have speculated that John McCain could never garner the Republican Party because he was always correcting the Republican Party and always calling it out for having lost its way is a very famous phrase. So as a communication professor, we look at a person who is willing to call out his own party, willing to call out his own community. Um, but that's rare. And as Americans, we tend to view that person as being very, very persuasive that he was willing to go against self-interest at times. I mean, today you would have demonized right, uh, Barack Obama. You would have used every tactic possible, and yet he, he would not stand for certain things and said uh, to a woman publicly, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to allow you to talk about a decent citizen, a decent family man that way. Boy, I find that refreshing Me and too. wish we could return to it. Yeah, and, and Tim, I think that says something about the character of the guy, that uh, he, he is pretty confident about who he is and what his thoughts are and how he lives his life, that uh, he's willing to be attacked and is able to take those attacks uh, head on and respond appropriately. And you know what he was going to do? You know the whole Sarah Palin thing? We could analyze that forever. You know, um, some people just really criticize him for picking her, but he didn't understand at the time that she would, you know, kind of perform poorly in public and different things like that. But he originally wanted, I love this, he originally wanted to go with Lieberman. He, he wanted to pick a, a, a reasonable Democrat. He wanted to pick a reasonable independent as his vice president, which I think would have been a marvelous statement today across the political divide, sure but was been. talked out of it by his own party. Hmm. You know, it's such a difficult issue because, you know, in following how American politics have worked and I would say devolved over the last couple decades, you know, there's such a resentment on both sides. You know, from the, from inside the Republican Party, there's this sense of, you know, the Democrats always stick. Yeah. And I think there's I actually do think that there's some merit to this thought that the Democrats always stick together, but the Republicans are too principled. And so they end up splintering. And so um, McCain was kind of looked at as more of a splinterer um, because he was willing to go with the Democrats more than he was willing to go with his own party. How do you see that? 
Well, I think that's true, Kathy. Uh, I think it's true. And somehow, he, and he was a firebrand. Anybody who knew John McCain knew that this is, you know, this is a fighter pilot. This is a man who endured five years of torture. He could have been released. And uh, because they found out how um, the status he had in the United States, and he turned it down. So this was a man who could really get into it. But there was a way that he was able to apologize to people and a way to keep the relational level of communication open. For example, with the late Ted Kennedy, uh, they had some uh, legendary battles on the Senate floor. And then afterwards, they're walking, literally walking out arm in arm, laughing, saying, I'll tell you what, we did, we did it today, didn't we? Uh, and I think we've lost that. Uh, I was struck listening to the Sunday programs, the news programs, Face the Nation, Meet the Press, where Secretary Clinton called in. And the way she talked about him, I just don't, I just feel like we're not getting that today. And again, you know, President Trump, for whatever you want to say, uh, when he took a shot at um, John McCain, and said, you know, I like my war heroes not captured rather than captured. Uh, the Republican Party did come out and yes. when the rare times mm -hmm. censored him and said, hey, we, we don't talk about John McCain that way. So again, credibility, we know from communication theory, when I go against my self-interest, when I criticize the very hand that feeds me, when I, when I take a stand that I know is unpopular, I think of John McCain's famous no vote on repealing Obamacare and literally killing the president's attempt to do that. Uh, regardless what you say about a person like that, you stand back and you tip your cap and you say, well, I'll tell you what, that cost you politically. Yes. That, that cost you in a lot of ways. And I admire the fact that you took some of those hits to stand up for your principle. And I think um, we need to admire people like that and call more people to act against their self-interest mm -hmm. And I think that's a good word for Christians as well today. From Biola University, we're speaking with Dr. Tim Muehlhoff. Tim, correct me if I'm wrong. I think about this often. Before there was mass communication, before there was radio and before there was television and whatnot, where you know that's in some ways homogenized us to some degree, the people had sort of more disparate, unique, uh, sort of stand-on-their-own personalities that we weren't able to follow those, you know, media figures and become like-minded in our thoughts and our actions and our speech and, you know, and, and all those things that, that you know, we, we're all together now on the same page. And John McCain, you know, is a plain-spoken kind of guy who, who just, I think he, he spoke from the, you know, from the, from the, the gut and that, that kind of came out that way. Is, is, that, is that a correct assumption that, you know, people were a little different, that they spoke more individualistic and John McCain was part of that? Yes, John, I totally agree with that. And I would argue that that still can happen today. But I like your comment about mass communication homogenizing the discourse because, you know, we now hear um, what um, news programs want us to hear. Yeah. So, so I, Meet the Press kind of drives me a little bit crazy, though I, I, I watch it um, because they handpick spokespeople to represent different viewpoints. Right. And this is true of all news programs. So, John, I think what, what you're advocating, and I would really encourage all your listeners to do this, you have to dig deeper to find these secondary voices, right? And they're there, yes. but they're just not picked as a representation of this particular party or community. So it's going to require us 
you know, going a little bit deeper into Google and going to the, you know, the 10th and 11th and 12th option rather than the first or second. But we can find it. We can find dissenting voices that are out there that are kind of buried in our Google, you know, um, searches. So let's look for that. Let's have a robust understanding of what the Republican Party believes and the Democratic Party believes and not just listen to the talking figurehead. Right. Um, but Tim, is this true? I mean, so there you are at Biola University where you're a professor of communications. Aren't you in some way molding that next generation of speakers and thinkers in that communication form? I mean, isn't that your job? Oh, absolutely. And I'm getting you get criticized for doing it, right? You get criticized for having what we call cognitive complexity, which is not demonizing a person. So not demonizing Secretary Clinton or not demonizing President Trump. Right, which is easy to do, but, but to step back and say, wait a minute, this is a complex individual who has done amazing good and has done some things that are really, really regrettable, but let's not paint a person with one stroke. People are very complicated. And when you start to do that with um, everybody from terrorists to people across the aisle to um, different individuals, then you start to get criticized. Two communication scholars really got criticized because they took a look at terrorists that were involved in, in bombings and basically said, hey, these are, for large part, were farmers, right? These are family people who have been indoctrinated into a terrorist system, but let's not demonize them. Let's say, not say that they're monsters. These are individuals who were indoctrinated, and so let's not lose the humanity of people, even as we oppose terrorists, rightfully so. So I, I like the idea of having complex um, views of people, but that doesn't play well with the base sometimes. The base is like, there aren't good things about Secretary Clinton. There aren't good things about President Trump. And when you start to find nuances, in today's argument culture, we don't like nuance. We like black or white right. kind of thinking. And we're going to have to roll up our sleeves and do some really hard work and form nuanced pictures of people, even as we disagree with them. Right. Dr. Tim Muehlhoff is with us, professor of communication at Biola University. Uh, Tim's latest book is Winsome Persuasion, Christian Influence in a Post-Christian World, which was, by the way, selected by Christianity Today for its Book of the Year award in the category of Evangelism Apologetics. Um, Tim, I saw the farewell statement from Senator John McCain that his daughter posted a little bit ago. I want to read a little bit of it because I think it speaks to exactly what you were saying. Uh, this is about halfway down. Fellow Americans, that association has meant more to me than any other. I lived and died a proud American. We are citizens of the world's greatest republic, a nation of ideals, not blood and soil. We are blessed and are a blessing to humanity when we uphold and advance those ideals at home and in the world. We have helped liberate more people from tyranny and poverty than ever before in history. We have acquired great wealth and power in the process. But we weaken our greatness when we confuse our patriotism with tribal rivalries that have sown resentment and hatred and violence in all the corners of the globe. We weaken it when we hide behind walls rather than tear them down. When we doubt the power of our ideals rather than trust them to be the great force for change they have always been. We are 325 million opinionated, vociferous individuals. We argue and compete and sometimes even vilify each other in our raucous public debates. But we have always had so much more in common with each other than in disagreement. If only we remember that and give each other the benefit of the presumption that we all love our country, we will get through these challenging times. We will come through them stronger than before. We always do. 
wow, drop the mic. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. That is just brilliant. And, and let me say one thing, Kathy, as you were reading that. Here's what Christians get accused of. We get accused of tribalism when, we say, when people say to us, but your Christianity is more important than your being a citizen of my community. Right? Your, your tribalism is the fact that you're going to um, force on us what the Bible says, even if it's not good for the community. And so I think as Christians, we need to say at these community meetings, these town hall meetings, these parent-teacher meetings, we need to say, hey, listen, of course I'm a Christian. And if I were running the show, we would do this, right? But I'm not running the show. We're in this together as a community. So there will be times where I'm going to vote against my self-interest, where I'm going I'm to place a vote down that I think is fair for the community and it may seem like I'm going against my Christian faith, but again, I'm not, it's not, I'm not the only person in the sandbox. We've got to learn to play with others. So there's going to be times, uh, and, and here's what I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of um, Everett, um, C. Everett Koop when he was Surgeon General of the United States as an evangelical Christian. Yes. said, listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that we can do needle exchanges. I'm opposed to drug use. But, but we need to um, have clean needles because AIDS is being spread as well as other diseases. So I'm going to say yes to this, even though I want to wipe off the face of the earth, right, uh, drug use, but I'm going to say yes to needle exchanges. Now, he got crucified by the religious right condoning drug use. So those are those moments when a Christian stands up and says, listen, I'm going to cast this vote. And I'm going to get a lot of heat for casting this vote, because right now, this is what's best for the community, and it's not necessarily what I would advocate if I were running the show, but this is what's good for the community right now, and I'm going to be a team player right now, and I'm going to vote for this. I mean, obviously, we can't, we can't condone sin, we can't go against our moral conscience, but there are certain things we're going to have to stand up as a Christian and say, yeah, we can negotiate, we mm-hmm, can find compromise, mm-hmm. and we're not known for compromise. So then hopefully nuance is not dead. I hope it's not, John. I I, I fear it is, because as Christians, we don't do nuance. We don't do it in the arts, Christian arts. We don't do it um, politically. We don't do it um, in our rhetoric. And so, John, I think as Christians, we need to reclaim nuance and not demonize people, not say, oh, the left is all bad and, and... Blah, blah, you know, those postmodern university professors, they're all, right? We, we've got yes. to stop painting with such a broad stroke. The black and white of life. Yes. Tim, it's always a pleasure. Fascinating. Thanks so much for being with us. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you, too. Thank you. Dr. Tim Uhlhoff from Biola University. His latest book is called Winsome Persuasion, Christian Influence in a Post-Christian World. Dr. Tim Uhlhoff. While it's back to school for everyone else, you're looking to take your next step. If only your high school diploma came with a career game plan. The good news is Express Employment Professionals is here to help. If you're looking for immediate work, sign up for the Express Jobs app, and you'll be able to apply for a variety of quality jobs quickly and easily. If you want to continue learning and building skills, you can access 18 free CTC courses through their Express Learn program. Learn more today at ExpressPros.com or call 412-264-2000. I'm Nick Sobel. Leski, a select quote agent with a true story that could save you hundreds of dollars a year. A woman named Linda just called. Her husband, Ray, has a $300,000 group life insurance policy, but is changing jobs and can't take it with him. Well, 
I shopped the many highly rated term life insurance companies we represent and found Ray, who is 41 and takes medication to control his cholesterol, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $27 a month. That's almost twice the coverage for less than half of what he had paid. If SelectQuote hasn't shopped for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 800-452-6990. That's 800-452-6990. 800-452-6990. Or go to selectquote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. Scripture tells us that God is love and that love for God is shown in how we love our neighbor. We have neighbors who need us right now. That's why Washington City Mission's Love Thy Neighbor donation drive is so critical. Through your support, you can show God's love to someone living without hope. The precious souls of men, women, and children who need your help today. Make your donation now at citymission.org. And thank you for being a good neighbor. Give today at citymission.org. The need for long-term care catches many people by surprise. Too often, families are unprepared and overwhelmed. I'm attorney Tim Seckler. As one of the region's few certified elder law attorneys, I've helped dozens of families in similar situations. With nursing home costs exceeding $10,000 per month, time is of the essence. At the Seckler Law Firm, we can typically meet within 72 hours of your call. We work on a flat fee basis, and the first meeting is always free. You are not alone. Get help now at SecklerLawFirm.com. Introducing a new show for those struggling with addiction. See, I truly believe that there's people out there listening that love God, that have accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior, but they're still suffering with this insidious disease. Join Terry Hanna for Christians with Secret Addictions and find hope to begin again. The ultimate weapon for addiction is one addict helping another addict. That's why we're here. Sunday night at 645 on WORD. Good conversation about John McCain this hour. Um, We'll return to that subject at the end of the 5 o'clock hour when Pittsburgh's own Bruce Bickle will join us on the air today. Uh, Bruce and uh, John McCain were friends many, many decades ago um, when uh, he first met uh, John McCain as a flight instructor in Pensacola, Florida. 50 years ago. Yeah. 1967, I think. Yeah. A lot has happened since then in both those men's lives, that's for sure. So anyway, we'll look forward to talking to Bruce at uh, about 540. Hey, have you made it out to uh, Kennywood this year? Nope. Will you have uh, plans to make it up? No, because I can't write anything anymore. Yeah, it's it's really depressing. What about I your was, kids? I was. Neither one of them went. Yeah. No, I mean, I was. I mean, amusement parks were probably my favorite thing to do in the summer. But I mean, anymore. I just love. I just ride anything yeah. all the time. Open it up, close it out at the. Mm-hmm. You know, never leave early. To, anyway, no. but chronic vertigo kind of ruins that. Yeah, so it sure does. Yeah, not able to. So that makes me sad, and so I don't want to go. Plus, you know, you have to pay the full amount. It's not like you can go and just you know. Isn't, I think there's an, a new evening rate now. Well, the evening rate was always there. Always. Mm-hmm. There really? was always an evening rate. Really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, believe me. I spent so much time at Kennywood. I had the really? whole schedule memorized. Huh. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I've not been there myself. and I You haven't? No. I'm surprised by and that. I just kind of, well, I'm not really a, you know what I mean? I, I get a little, 
<laughs> I get a little queasy myself. Oh, thank you. I do. Mike, I get, do you get queasy? No, he's fine. Mike's no, been out there. You, Darn it, Mike. You've been out there already, haven't you, Mike? Yeah, twice. You and the oh, I love, I love Twice? I love Kennywood so much. It's a great time. I yeah. love it. I love it. I love the racer. Except there was this one time I was walking past the... The, the the racer actually yeah and there was a guy sitting there just watching me what do yeah you mean? that was John Hall I reminded me exactly yeah that's what he does he goes on a bench and just watches him. people I want to people watch that's creepy no it's not it creepy is. no it is that is not you don't think it is because you're the person watching there's Freaked nothing creepy out. oh you Freaked guys me way out mm-hmm. it's it's I think the most delectable American pastime you can have <laughs> just watching people checking each other out Mike and I are trying to help you no I think it's fine I, I'm gonna get you guys. Sharing the word that changes the world. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. President Trump has issued an official statement on John McCain two days after the senator's death. The president tweeted condolences to the McCain family on Saturday night, but offered no statement about the senator until late Monday afternoon. He said, despite our differences on policy and politics, he respects McCain's service to our country. Mr. Trump also signed a proclamation to fly the U.S. flag at half-staff until McCain's burial. In a written statement, he says he has asked Vice President Pence to speak at a ceremony honoring McCain at the Capitol on Friday. Greg Clugston, the White House. Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer paid tribute to McCain today. Four decades of public life could not warp or dim his fidelity to the unvarnished truth. I will miss him dearly. On Wall Street, the Dow by 259 points, the Nasdaq rose 72. This is SRN News. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, driven by Calusi Chevrolet, serving the Pittsburgh area for 100 years. Bodhi Taney, author of the incredible best-selling Zion Chronicles and Zion Covenant series, returns to the setting of Israel in On the Mountain of the Lord, the first book in the new series, The Elijah Chronicles. In On the Mountain of the Lord, Taney teams up with Holy Land history expert Ray Bentley to give her dedicated historical fiction fans a thrilling story set in the world's most sacred and mysterious sites. Come along on a journey from London to the farthest corners of the world with Jack Garrison, a man who has lost his faith after a a life-altering and devastating event. Jack is sent on a fact-finding mission in Israel and Palestine, where he's attacked by radical Islamic terrorists and is being tracked down by an enemy who wants to stop him from finding the truth that the Bible's prophecy about the nation of Israel and the world's future is true and unfolding before his eyes. Order your copy of Bodhi Taney and Ray Bentley's new book On the Mountain of the Lord, Elijah Chronicles at Amazon, BarnesandNoble.com and select Costco stores. We can hardly believe it, but it's time for the last barbecue of the summer at the Springhouse in 84. Don't miss out on this great summer taste treat. And come to the Springhouse this Labor Day for fantastic chicken cooked over the pit with lots of country vegetable casseroles, homemade rolls, homemade desserts, and of course our own Springhouse chocolate milk. Eat in our picnic patch or sun porch or take it home to your own picnic. And although this last chicken barbecue marks the end of the summer at the Springhouse, it also signals the beginning of lots of fun fall events. We'll soon be having hog roasts and pumpkin patch hay rides, plus lots of other special events to celebrate this beautiful autumn time of the year. 
So be sure to come this Labor Day to the Springhouse and help us celebrate. Normal people need an estate plan just as much, if not more, than the wealthy. Attorney Michelle Conti. Why would you want the state of Pennsylvania to tell your loved ones who get your stuff? The basic documents, your will, financial power of attorney, and your health care power of attorney and living will can be done very quickly. It's much less costly and time-consuming just to have the basic documents drafted up to say, God forbid, should something happen to me, this is who I appoint. Are your documents in order? Find out at ContiLawPGH.com. You've committed yourself to pastoring and preaching from the Word of God. You've got to do that against the background of a collapse culture and then you've got to do it because of the nature of scripture itself word fm presents know the truths philip de Corsi at the 2018 pastor appreciation luncheon to preach the bible as the handbook for life rather than as a revelation of christ is to turn the bible into an entirely different book a free event for pastors october 3rd at heinz field rsvp now at wordfm.com slash pal Any shower or thunderstorm in the area will be diminishing early on this evening. Clear to partly cloudy tonight, very warm and muggy with a low of 70. Tomorrow, mostly sunny, very warm and humid with a high of 89 degrees. We'll stay mainly clear tomorrow night, 71. Wednesday, again, quite warm and humid with sunshine and clouds, high 87 degrees. I'm AccuWeather Meteorologist Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along today. Uh, The week before the PA Grand Jury report was released, Kath and I made a conscious choice to start to talk about this on a regular basis. And we did. Every day. And we've posted all those conversations in those intervening weeks, which has now been almost two and a half weeks, almost three weeks. Three actually. weeks. Uh, they're on uh, our, our uh, website, johnandkathyshow.com. Thank you. Yeah, uh, we've talked to a lot of different people with uh, many, many different perspectives. But what happened yesterday, oh, I'm sorry, what happened over the weekend? On Saturday, I think. I think if you're a certain age, in the long history of following along with the Catholic Church and the ebb and flow, this is astounding. Really, what's happened here is an atomic bomb within the church. An extraordinary 11-page written statement uh, from Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano, age 77, claims that Pope Francis knew about strict canonical sanctions imposed on Cardinal... Actually, he was Archbishop Theodore McCarrick. I was going to call him Cardinal... Um, by Pope Benedict, but chose to repeal them. So if you're not familiar with the uh, with the Cardinal McCarrick story, um, Cardinal McCarrick was recently, um, I, I don't know what the term is, since I'm not retired, a Catholic. I would say. I would, would say retired from yeah. being a cardinal? Yes. Maybe two, from active service. Maybe two months ago, mm-hmm. right? Um, however, uh, once he was retired from service, um, all sorts of stories came out um, that alleged that he had a long history, a demonstrated decades-long history of abusing young men. And a lot of the men um, who alleged abuse um, at the hands of Cardinal McCarrick were seminarians. Cardinal McCarrick was a rector at a seminary um, and made it his uh, daily task um, to pick and choose uh, young seminarians to accompany him on trips, to stay uh, with him overnight, to um, 
serve him serve him in whatever way he chose and as you can imagine um it was a sickening abuse of power um it was a sickening abuse um of someone who's supposed to be in spiritual authority and the fact that anyone anyone in the catholic church in that hierarchy knew what McCarrick was doing and allowed to continue is abhorrent yes however as the way that the church has done for many, many millennial, is that they're going to dig in their heels. Uh, Pope Francis last night was asked about these latest allegations on his way home from Ireland. He essentially shrugged his shoulders and said, well, you're the journalist. You read. You decide. Okay, so maybe to fill in the blank, and perhaps I stopped too soon, John, is that um, when when McCarrick was removed um, from his uh, position initially, he was placed on restriction by Pope Benedict. And to I, a life of prayer and penance. Right. And I was not following the story. I knew nothing about that. And apparently that was done because of the proven allegations against him. Right. So this was – he was a known commodity. On the record. This is what he did. Right. There are people who had testified against him. Seminarians had testified, had said, sent letters. This is what has been going on. Um, but when Pope Francis took over the reins, he reinstated McCarrick as and, – and, and the bombshell, and like I said, was that – the Pope knew, knew all the allegations against him and reinstated him anyway. Right. And still allowed him unfettered access to continue on. So something's going to happen here. Uh, who knows what's going to happen? But there's a collision course that's on its way, whether it involves Cardinal Whirl in the um, in the Diocese of Washington, D.C., or will it find its way all the way up to Pope Francis within the walls of the Vatican? It has to. It has to. You would think that it would have to, but I'm telling you, I hold out not little hope, but some small hope that there will be changes because the Catholic Church does not move quickly, and they are certainly not going to be swayed by social media or by cries of those outside the walls. This is their own affairs. They will do what they choose to do. Oh, yeah. This has been their own affair for the last 70 years, and we saw in the PA Grand Jury Report what that has left us with. Right. But what? There will be there won't be criminal charges filed against Pope Francis. There won't be criminal charges filed against uh, Bishop or, or Cardinal Whirl. There just won't be. They're they're essentially above the fray at this point. They can clean house if and when they choose to clean house. Even if there aren't criminal charges brought against them, that doesn't mean that the church itself should not police itself. That's no, that I, I to me that. is the greatest problem we have. But do you think they will? I'm an outsider in this. I mean, all I can say is from my perspective as someone who follows Jesus, um, when I see a church tarnished in this unthinkable way, the, 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 the history of the last 70 years in Pennsylvania is just littered, littered with with people who have been horrifically abused. And those are only the people that we know about. Right. Well, the good news is, I mean, as the Pope was in Ireland over the weekend, he did make a public confession of repentance of the sins of the Catholic Church. I in know, Ireland. but here's the thing. Making a statement of repentance for what's happened to the church in Ireland is so insignificant in light of what actually happened in Ireland. No doubt. But what do you say? I mean, well, what you, else do you say? Well, he, 
I don't think you say anything. I, I mean, think people start doing something. I think people People start, have started doing something. Have you start, seen the photos? Did you see the photos? Yes. The last time the Pope visited 29 years ago, mm-hmm. there were 1.3 million people. Over the weekend for mass, there were a hun- less than 130,000. People mm-hmm. have done something, right. which is they right. move away from their faith in Jesus Christ because they're tired of leadership. But what I meant is the Catholic Church leadership needs to do something. I mean, forget the apology, forget the, forget the letter, pro, you know, expressing profound sorrow or whatever. How about people saying, I, we were supposed to represent Jesus Christ and we've done such a horrible job that for the furtherance of the gospel and in light of the truth of Jesus, we're, we're leaving. We're leaving this behind. I get that. And, w- and we and we are abandoning our posts so that other people who are spiritually ready can come and take them. That, to me, is what repentance would look like. I would say in most other organizations, corporate-wise across the world, uh, whatever the hierarchy is, most organizations would do that in that if you were embroiled in such a scandal that was infecting every corner of the organization, you would till the soil and reap again some new day. I do not believe the church itself has the stomach for that, and I believe that they are content with the power that is in there. Well, then they will die. Because this is just this is they will change and no, they may I'm they, sure they if there they'll is, if there is no if there is no truth and actual repentance, then the Holy Spirit will not honor that church. There will not be fruit from that church. There won't be. I mean, this is this isn't like advanced theological metrics. I know that's true. This is just the way it is. I mean, when when Jesus, we were just talking about this before the show today. When Jesus saw the woman in adultery, right? He said, "Look." I don't condemn you for what you did, but I'll tell you one thing, stop doing it. Just stop doing it. And the rest of you, the rest of the guys, go you know, away. go away. But I don't condemn you Be, because her sin was obvious. Right. It, was, it was right there. She wasn't, it was, there, was no there, was, there was nothing to hide. There was nothing to hide. So he says, I don't condemn you. I, there's nothing to hide. So this is all hiding. Everything about this is hiding. There's no, there's no story in the Gospels that tells us that Jesus honors legalese and hiding. But when you look at the history of popes over the 1500 plus years that the church has been, this is, this is how things work. Much, much more heinous things, I believe, than what's been I reported. Get that. I mean, I, I just don't. But so, so do we sit here and say, well, it's just going to be like the way it always was? No, there has to be. There is, there is an enlivening Holy Spirit working today in the world, just like there was an enlivening Holy Spirit working that day in the world. So what is that enlivening Holy Spirit telling us about how we follow him today? I think one of the words is repentance. Just come clean. Say what you did. Well, we'll find out. I tell you what, I hold not high hopes for this to happen. We'll take a break and step away. Selena Zito will be with us in a few minutes. She's got a story to tell about growing up Catholic here in the city of Pittsburgh. Stay with us. 101.5 WORD. What's the key to growing spiritually? What should you do if you don't see spiritual fruit in your life? And if you ask the Lord if you were his friend, what would he say? Chew on those questions with John MacArthur this week as he looks at what it means to be abiding in Christ 
here on Grace to You. Tomorrow morning at 7 on 101.5 WORD. I know a lot of you know my friend Todd Marley or have worked with him at Marley Financial. And so if you have, you know that they were the first and still the best option for individual health insurance, providing both traditional and non-Obamacare plans. But did you know that now they're also offering the best group health plans in the nation? Typical savings up to 40%. Small, medium, even large groups, Marley's got you covered, giving you and your employees access to national networks where you can go to any hospital you choose. So if you want to go to Highmark, you can, or UPMC, or Mayo clinic johns hopkins whatever marley's giving you the power to choose what's best for you and also what's best for your employees whether they're w-2 or 1099 subcontractors because you don't have to worry about all the usual headaches like minimum participation or employer contributions so give marley financial a call now 724-884-1496 and find out what it's like to work with the most innovative agency in pennsylvania 724-884-1496 or find them online marleyfg.com My name is Marla, and I am a teacher in a local public school system. My husband and I heard about brain balance. We were a bit skeptical, of course, but we didn't know what to do. When we went to brain balance, they got it. They listened to us from day one. They were asking me questions that our medical provider was not asking us. And this is going to get us somewhere in one place instead of I'm going to have to run to 15 different spots. About four weeks into the brain balance program, my kid could sit on the couch and just breathe. The teachers immediately started noticing that our kids were calmer. As a teacher and a mom, I would say this is one of the most amazing programs I have seen for children. Our lives right now have dramatically changed because of brain balance. My kids, in their own individual ways, received the help that they needed that moved them to a place of balance and harmony. Give your child the foundation they need to succeed in school. Call Brain Balance today and find out how you can change the life of your child and your family. For more information, visit BrainBalance.com. Life doesn't stop on the weekends, and neither do you. So we understand that it can be hard to find the time to shop for a mattress. This is Robin Trzynski of the Original Mattress Factory, and we have a completely new website designed to help you simplify the mattress shopping experience. Check out our products, view our prices, and even place an order for pickup, local delivery, or to have it shipped outside of our delivery area. Just visit OriginalMattress.com and find a thoughtfully made, honestly priced mattress of your own. The Original Mattress Factory. Great beds, no bull. RPTS, the Reformed Presbyterian Theological Seminary in Point Breeze, presents the 2018 Westminster Conference, Saturday, September 8th, at Memorial Park Church in Allison Park. Join Drs. Ligon Duncan, Joel Beakey, Michael Lefebvre, and RPTS President Barry York for this year's theme, Soundly Preaching the Word of God, preaching that is plain, faithful, wise, and zealous. The 2018 Westminster Conference, bringing the Westminster Confession into the 21st century. Register now at rpts.edu. Music is a bridge between the material and the spiritual. My name is Harvey Lauer, and I'm 82. As a blind person, you have to be aware that nobody can tell you what you can or can't do. You really have to try things. My folks got me a little radio in 1940, and that was the best Christmas present I ever got. When I was 11 years old is when I started to uh, play music, play the piano and then the accordion, and then the cello. My wife, who was also blind, was a good cook. When she died, that's when I started Meals on Wheels. America, let's do lunch. One in six seniors faces the threat of hunger, and millions more live in isolation. Drop off a hot meal and say a quick hello. Volunteer for Meals on Wheels by donating your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. 
This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. I've talked about this a lot over the last couple of weeks. I have very, very fond memories of being a Catholic schoolboy here in the city of Pittsburgh in the early 1960s all the way through the 1970s. It was a quality education, a great upbringing. I was involved with uh, really strong nuns and some quality priests as well. Never there was there a hint of sexual scandal or anything like that whatsoever. It was a good education, a great upbringing to, to be raised in in that era. Selena Zito is with us. Selena has a similar story. Selena uh, was born in Pittsburgh, worked for the Pittsburgh Tribune Review for 11 years, joined the New York Post in 2016. She's got a brand new book out called The Great revolt inside the populist coalition reshaping American politics, but for a piece that she wrote at the Washington Examiner, when the beloved priest from your childhood turns out to be a monster. Selena, welcome to the show. How are you today? Hey, thank you so much for having me on. Thank you. (laughs) Selena, talk about your childhood, like John mentioned what the details of his were. Um, He was in Swissville. You were on Observatory Hill in the north side. Yeah, I grew up on the north side. I went to a big flourishing parish at the time. It was called Nativity of Our Lord Parish. When it merged in the 90s, it became Incarnation. It merged with Annunciation, which was also a Northside parish. I was there from 1965 uh, to 1973. Um, it, it was a great education. I loved every moment of it. Yeah. It was, you know, it was it was a it was uh, a good way to be um, brought up both in the faith, but also to be taught, you know, the fundamentals of, of education. And, uh, you know, when I read the report and I saw that Father Maloney was on the report, along with two others, uh, uh, whose uh, three in total span the entirety of my family's uh, uh, presence at Nativity, um, I was just heartbroken, especially about Father Maloney. Yes. So, Selena, you talk about Father Maloney. He was a young priest, about the age of 22, you say. He would come out on the playground. He was sort of that, you know, that young hipster priest who was the, the new blood for the Catholic <laughs> Church, right? Well, he wasn't a hipster priest. Actually, the hipster priest was <laughs> Father Bavard. Um, but he was like, you know... He was clean cut and, you know, uh, black rimmed glasses. And, um, you know, he had that um, sort of Irish um, charm about him. And, you know, not only did he come out and play with the kids, but he also, when reading scripture or coming into class and talking to us, he made it feel for a young child as though he knew Jesus really well. Right. And I think, you know, we've talked about this at length. Mm-hmm. That's the big thing. I think if, you know, if you were not raised in the Catholic Church, you don't necessarily understand the um, the deep respect, in some ways, the awe that the priest held for you as a, as a young uh, school child. Well, yes, because you're brought up to believe that the, that the hierarchy in the Church are divine. And, and uh, it... it turns out that, well, I mean, you realize that once you're an adult, that they're human, and they, along with being human, there are the human frailties, and some of their frailties were incredibly egregious and awful. And so in my mind's eye, I keep thinking back, geez, who was that kid? Who were those kids that he, you know, that he abused? Who didn't I see? Now, of course, as a young child, you don't have even into your early teenagehood, you don't have those those kinds of instincts. But, right, but, but, you know, I'm sort of haunted 
by that and very disappointed, not in my faith, but in the institution of the Mm -hmm. church. And that's the problem for a lot of Catholics, right? That you see the church aiding and abetting in many ways priests who preyed on young children, both little boys and little girls. And so a lot of a lot of Catholics, people are saying, I just can't support the church anymore. I'm not going to go back. It's too much. Um, it's hard to read that report, the PA Grand Jury report, the close to 900 pages, to read about one heinous act or another and think, yeah, I, I've got a place at, at home in the church, and I trust the Catholics to do the right thing. I mean, Pope Francis himself is under attack. Uh, Cardinal Worrell, who was a product of Pittsburgh, he himself is under attack for good reason, but it's really a painful process to go through, isn't it? It, it absolutely is, but I think that one uh, that we as Catholics should demand that we go through. We are not used to questioning and demanding responses from authority. Again, as I said earlier, we are taught um, uh, that the um, church, the, the, the priests and the bishops and the cardinals and the popes are divine, but we have to treat them as they behave, and we have to have an independent, uh, uh, some sort of independent body um, address this issue, um, not only what happened in the past, but also going forward. Forward, it is clear that these people are not divine, no. <laughs> and that they need to be held accountable. Selena Zito is with us. Selena is a political analyst for CNN and a staff reporter and columnist for the Washington Examiner. Her weekly syndicated column appears in more than 20 papers nationwide, and her just-released book is titled The Great Revolt, Inside the Populist Coalition Reshaping American Politics. Selena, I'm not Catholic, and I have never been, so this whole scandal I've been, you know, watching as an outsider. And, you know, right. what, what, it just, what screams at me as someone who is a follower of Jesus is that I, I don't want to see another uh, letter detailing, you know, profound sorrow. I don't want to hear about another meeting or another charter. I don't want to hear about any of that. I want to hear actual people. I don't want to see like priest talk. I want to hear an actual man come out and say, this is a horrific abuse that has happened. And in light of my commitment to God and my commitment to his gospel, we're all leaving. We're checking out because there has to be somebody who can run this better than us. Well, you and every other Catholic, I mean, you know, uh, people are, you know, uh, people are just blown away by this. I don't have any other way to describe it. And more importantly, um, I wouldn't say, I should say, is equally as important is the poor way that they have handled this. It's almost as if I, I mean, I cover politics for a living. It's almost as if I'm watching a public relations political operative um, hand out press releases. Mm-hmm. There's no authenticity. There's no sorrow. There's no, there's no remorse. There's no repentance. Um, and, and none of it smacks genuine with the, the people of faith. Yeah. And, and that's interesting. So the background, you know, your, your professional background is politics. And you look at this, I mean, and I was hoping because Bishop Zubik has joined us on air any number of times over oh the years. But, you know, it is press conference. It was, as Kath said, you know, lawyer speak in many ways. And I'm, I'm not sure, Selena, that the church itself, whether here locally, I don't think they do. What's it going to take for them to get it if they don't get it now? I don't think so. I mean, I just don't think that they can humble themselves and think, let's be human beings and go to the heart of the matter. I, I think that they're just going to dig in and the faithful will just fade away. And I don't know what that means to the church. Is the church going to collapse in on itself? Perhaps it will. 
I, that I don't have an answer to, but uh, there is going to be a revolt, if you will, within the uh, among the faithful. I don't know how it will play out, but I do know that it will play out, and um, and the church will suffer for it for years, and they will suffer for it longer. And by church, I mean the institution, not the people of faith. Um, they will suffer for it longer as they continue to pretend it didn't happen. They don't. They don't have. They don't have not shown the compassion um, necessary for such a horrendous uh, um, acts against children. Selena, talk about your family or your friends from the parish. Um, how are they take? How did they take the grand jury report? How did they respond? People were just heartbroken, just stunned. Um, there's a little Facebook page of, of my parish um, that, that is frequent or infrequent people that post. And, you know, it's, it's, I think the last time until this past two weeks that anybody posted on it was like 2016. And it was just filled with, with people that I went to school with, went before me and after me, just expressing just so much sorrow and disappointment and shock. Uh, I, I, this is not going to go away um, anytime soon. No, it's not. Well, Selena, thanks a lot. We uh, we're fans. We appreciate uh, your writing and your coverage, and uh, you know, watching you from the city of Pittsburgh to uh, the New York Post and beyond. Good work. Thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, the pleasure is ours. Selena Zito. Her brand new book is called "The Great Revolt: Inside the Populist Coalition Reshaping American Politics." If you're drowning in IRS debt and can't afford to pay, then you need to take advantage of special IRS tax programs that are available and free yourself from IRS collection efforts once and for all. Due to the financial hardship consumers are facing throughout the country, the Internal Revenue Service has made it easier to settle delinquent tax problems. An open phone line has been established by Community Tax for consumers to call and see if they qualify. Take down this number or store it in your cell phone, but call the Community Tax Helpline at 800-500-5588. If you owe back taxes to the IRS and cannot afford to pay them back, or even if you have years of unfiled tax returns, there's no need to fear anymore. But you have to call the Community Tax Helpline today at 800-500-5588 for the help that you need. Don't take on the IRS alone. They can attack your wages, savings, pension, home, and even your Social Security check. Call 800-500-5588 for your free consultation and to see if you qualify. That's 800-500-5588. Does your pillow come with a 60-day money-back guarantee? How about a 10-year warranty? Can you wash it, dry it, and never have it lose its shape? Can you sleep any way you like on it and still get the support that you need for the most refreshing sleep of your life? If you said no to any of these questions, then you don't have my pillow. Hey, this is John Hall, and my pillow is better than your pillow. Unless, of course, you have my pillow, in which case you already know it's the most comfortable pillow you've ever owned. If you haven't tried my pillow yet, now's the time. Because right now, my pillow is offering 50% off the four-pack special, which includes two premium pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. Just call 1-800-961-9207 and mention the promo code WORD to start enjoying the best sleep of your life. Or type it in when you visit MyPillow.com. Call 1-800-961-9207 or visit MyPillow.com. Use the promo code 
word. If you had to replace everything in your fridge today, how much would it cost? For a restaurant or church, that could mean thousands in lost product and downtime. That's when you call Ventec Refrigeration. When your walk-in goes down, Ventec can be there in less than two hours with portable units to save valuable product and they'll even move it for you while repairs are made with flat rate pricing instead of hourly fees. A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau. Keep your cool with Ventec Refrigeration. 412-793-0661. The landing is one of the newest and hottest places for families. Owned and operated by Impact Christian Church, the Landing Community Center in Moon Township is absolutely free no membership needed with an indoor turf field gymnasium kids play area meeting rooms and great food at our cafe we have something for everyone give your kids a play day without hurting your wallet this is our gift to you and we have great rates for your private rental needs check us out online at impactthelanding.com Any shower or thunderstorm in the area will be diminishing early on this evening. Clear to partly cloudy tonight, very warm and muggy with a low of 70. Tomorrow, mostly sunny, very warm and humid with a high of 89 degrees. We'll stay mainly clear tomorrow night, 71. Wednesday, again, quite warm and humid with sunshine and clouds, high 87 degrees. I'm AccuWeather Meteorologist Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM. I think it's kind of ironic that... We've talked about this, the Catholic Church debacle, so much and received letters of support, but we've also received a lot of angry emails as mm-hmm. well. And I think that's sort of – I mean, it's ironic for us because, again, I'm, I'm going to say this, this is not a Catholic station, which essentially means the money that you know supports this station is not given to us by a Catholic entity. Now, we, we got a little hot water about that. People say, what do you mean it's not a Catholic station? Well, it's not. We're, you know, we're not we're not run by the church or by people who are Catholic. Right, we have no affiliation. Faith. We don't. This is a Christian station. No, we don't have any affiliation with any church, though, with no. any denomination. But the people who own this this broadcasting network themselves are Christians. They are not Catholic. Well, you so can be a Catholic say, Christian. I know you can, but I'm saying we themselves, the people who run our bosses, the owners of this station, they are not Catholic. Right. So essentially, this is not a Catholic station. But it's ironic that we have been talking about this. Only, I think, because of myself, that I grew up Catholic, because Pittsburgh is majority-wise very strong Catholic. And because you and I have have striven. Striven? Is that a word? Yes. We've been striving. We've been striving. Have we strove? We have been striving. Over many years to build bridges bridges between the Protestant Church, the Catholic Church, and the Orthodox Church. Which has happened here successfully in the city of Pittsburgh. There have been many people who are like-minded who have reached out. There has been a joining of different Christian faiths. This has been a passion, I think, for both of us for a long time. And so it's been really gratifying to see different people around the city of Pittsburgh that feel the same way. People we know and love. Because um, we have a heck of a lot more in common than we don't. Of course, um, and so we've 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 gotten a lot of joy out of um, meeting all sorts of priests in the Pittsburgh area, of developing a relationship with Bishop Zubik and Father Ron. Um, we've had you know a lot of you know fun times. Um, Talking together, serving together, you know, being at the bishop's Christmas party at the seminary, yeah. um, meeting together with, uh, you know, Reed Carpenter and the family reunion group and just kind of getting to, to know action, each other. Day right. after Thanksgiving. And 
I think that's why this uh, abuse story is so abhorrent um, and why I feel so strongly about the fact that we are all believers together and we don't have to be separated but by denomination. But because we are all believers together, um, it is incumbent upon each one of us to speak up for the truth of the gospel as the number one reason why we live. Yes. This is why we live. Power and politics the, notwithstanding. No. No organization should ever compete with the true, unadulterated gospel of Jesus that he spoke, that he lived, that he died for, that he rose to, to prove. But don't um, you feel as though within the factions of the Catholic Church, as, they hap- as this happened over the weekend, because there was an atomic bomb dropped on the church over this weekend, there are now factions left and right mm-hmm. that are igniting essentially yes. what I would call a civil war. Yeah, in the international Catholic Church. Yes. yes I certainly, it's a civil I certainly, war. It is, it is a civil war. And, and if you're just joining us, if you don't know, there was an extraordinary 11-page written statement that was given by Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano. He's 77 years old, um, and uh, he claims that Pope Francis knew about strict sanctions that were imposed on Theodore McCarrick by Pope Benedict but when he assumed the papacy, he chose to repeal them, knowing knowing what McCarrick had done, knowing how he had abused seminarians, knowing his decades-long demonstrated history of abuse. Right. And, you know, six degrees of separation, this is about two degrees of separation because Cardinal McCarrick was in Washington, D.C., of which now Cardinal Whirl, who used to be Bishop Whirl in the Archdiocese who's, of the city of Pittsburgh. Who's mentioned in the P.A. Grand Jury abuse report about 200 right. times. So this is in our lap here, essentially. This civil war that's unfolding, international reach. When you think about the millennial of the years the Catholic Church has existed, and now here it is within the confines of the city of Pittsburgh, and we broadcast this today, live, talking about this. This is important things that people need to know about. Mm-hmm. In the middle of it all is the gospel of Jesus Christ, and his truth, and mercy, and grace, and forgiveness. But somehow, the powers that be have taken that and perverted it to the nth degree, and we're off our rails. I mean, what's going to happen to make I, – I do not believe, and I, you talked about this, I do not believe that there will be a full-scale resignation. I don't believe the Pope's going to resign. I don't think Bishop Wuerl's going to resign. I don't think the, the Cardinals are, are going to resign. I think they're going to drive this thing into the ground and try to hold on to power as long as they possibly can. I am. I pray fervently that is not the case. I can't imagine any other outcome based upon the history of the church itself. We have to expect better than that. We have to expect better than that from people that run our churches. Look, we're not – our job is to not preserve organizations or to be, you know, pals with the other people who serve next to us. Our job – our job is to believe in Jesus and live for him. But don't you know this to be true in all instances, whether it's in... Uh, Willow Creek or it's in Sovereign Grace or but, it's in the Catholic Church. But Pope Francis and I'm sure Cardinal Whirl think that they are doing the right thing by the gospel of Jesus well, Christ. Well, guess what? When it has to do with the abuse of children or the abuse of young men, that's not the gospel of Jesus. It's not. I get that. It's... But- and but they would is, say that's the past. We've done better. Well, you know that that's what you know that's the press that release says, is laughable. Has that not been the that's, press release? Yes, that's the press release, and it's laughable. And I, I'm only laughing because it hurts so much. That's a pathetic response. It's a pathetic response. This whole community is littered, littered with their victims, 
And you can say, okay, well, we haven't had any victims in the last 20 years. Well, guess what? That's not true. The people who were victims before the last 20 years are still still victims today. Okay? It doesn't end for them. No, it doesn't. Okay, we'll take a quick break. Going to come back. Uh, Bruce Bickle is going to join us. Bruce has had a, a relationship with Senator John McCain for almost five decades. Well, actually, four over five decades. We'll talk about that first meeting next. Stay with us. It's the ride home with John and Kathy on Word FM. Stop everything you're doing right now and ask yourself: Are you currently receiving steady paychecks? What about when you're retired? Will you receive a monthly check to cover your expenses and also have some fun? Kurt Kenotic at Accurate Solutions Group calls this mailbox money. It's the monthly check you'll receive throughout retirement. Kurt wants to help remove stress from your retirement. He doesn't want you to worry about if the money will show up or how much money you'll receive. The only thing Kurt wants you to think about is how to spend it when it arrives. Find out how to get enough money in your mailbox every month when you're retired. Call Kurt Kenotic and the team at Accurate Solutions Group at 412-515-3555 for a complimentary retirement analysis with strategies that could help your nest egg provide you monthly income you'll need in retirement. Call right now, 412-515-3555. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC, and Accurate Investment Solutions, Inc. I've been a teacher for 25 years. My younger son was tutored a lot. He didn't like certain clothes and he had all of these other sensory situations going on. The teachers were suspecting dyslexia, suspecting ADD. He wasn't able to retain information and he was working harder than any of the other kids. But it was the eye doctor who told me about brain balance and that was the first time a physician had mentioned brain balance. After about two weeks of doing the program, I noticed that one day he just slapped on a pair of pants like it was no big deal. I really noticed that was a huge change for him. He has also started doing his homework by himself. He is able to do things that he wasn't able to do. In the long term, this was a much better investment than putting our son on medication. I would say you have to try this. The results are magnificent. Give your child the foundation they need to succeed in school. Call Brain Balance today and find out how you can change the life of your child and your family. RPTS, the Reformed Presbyterian Theological Seminary in Point Breeze presents the 2018 Westminster Conference Saturday, September 8th at Memorial Park Church in Allison Park. Join Drs. Ligon Duncan, Joel Beakey, Michael Lefebvre, and RPTS President Barry York for this year's theme, Soundly Preaching the Word of God. Preaching that is plain, faithful, wise, and zealous. The 2018 Westminster Conference bringing the Westminster Confession into the 21st century. Register now at rpts.edu. Life doesn't stop on the weekends and neither do you. So we understand that it can be hard to find the time to shop for a mattress. This is Robin Trzinski of the Original Mattress Factory, and we have a completely new website designed to help you simplify the mattress shopping experience. Check out our products, view our prices, and even place an order for pickup, local delivery, or to have it shipped outside of our delivery area. Just visit OriginalMattress.com and find a thoughtfully made, honestly priced mattress of your own. The Original Mattress Factory. Great beds, no bull. John, as you and I were talking uh, over the weekend about the death of John McCain, uh, we were trying to come up with the best possible people who could talk about him. And um, 
what, 30 seconds into the conversation, I thought of Bruce Pickle. Yeah. And I mean, I can't think so of anybody better to really talk about anything. Um, and we were so happy when we contacted Bruce. He said he'd be willing to talk about uh, John McCain. In fact, he said it would be my honor. So we welcome Bruce Bickle to the program. The Reverend Dr. Bruce Bickle is president and founder of Transformational Leadership Group, a company he formed back in 2003 to train audiences in character-based leadership. And in addition to his vast public speaking career here in Pittsburgh, uh, Dr. Bickle retired from PNC's Private Foundation Management Services, which is part of the PNC Financial Group. Um, he designed and implemented this department in 2000, and it offers counseling and administration to family foundations, and it's now offered nationwide. In addition to that, Dr. Bickle is a 1966 graduate of the U.S. Naval Academy. And in 2000, he was the recipient of the H. John Hines Community Service Award for his work in the Pittsburgh area. He's the author of Blueprints for Success and contributing author of The Power of Motivation. Bruce, thank you so much for joining us. John and Kathy, I'm glad to join you both. Bruce, tell us about the very first time that you met John McCain. Well, I was in charge of a group of midshipmen from the Naval Academy who were going all of us were going down to Pensacola to experience some flight experience to see if we wanted to go into Navy aviation. And I was in charge of about uh, 50 midshipmen from Annapolis. We got off the bus when we were unloaded there at the Naval Air Station in Pensacola. And uh, I just kind of let people mill around and by the bus. And this lieutenant came over, turned out to be John McCain. And he, all he said was very quietly, who's in charge? And I said, I am, sir. And he said, then act like it. <laughs> well how'd he do and I, he, he didn't say much more than that and i realized okay i need to act out my responsibilities and so i got them all lined up and did what i was supposed to do but then afterwards uh, after that ended he took me aside and said said i want to tell you something he said command is a privilege it's not a right and it's not about you and your position it's not about you and the gold braid you wear on your shoulders it's not about you and your responsibilities it's about you and your service because the degree to which you fulfill your command responsibilities will go to indicate who and what you represent. And the issue of command is not you and your position. It's about who or what you represent. And I never forgot that. Wow. The command and the re- responsibility is not about yourself. It's about who or what you represent. And, Bruce, uh, approximately what year was this, and how old were you, and how old was John McCain? Well, he's seven years older than I am, so I was about... Uh, 21. He was about 28. This would have been in 65. So tell us then about um, John McCain's service in uh, North Vietnam. Now, both of you um, were uh, fighting for the United States um, and on behalf of the South Vietnamese in the war. So talk about what you were doing and did you cross paths with John McCain during those years? I did not. Uh, when I was in Vietnam flying as a forward air controller, running airstrikes from carrier-based aircraft, uh, he was already in the Hanoi Hilton, so I did not come across him there, but I did come across him when he came out. I was part of a debriefing team of the Department of the Navy to debrief these, to debrief the POWs, to bring them back into society, and I did reconnect with him there just very briefly. Really? So tell us what that was like, Bruce. I mean, if you weren't alive during the end of the Vietnam War, there was a, a massive emotional rush upon this country as our prisoners of wars returned home. It was broadcast live on national television as one man after another came off large planes and were met by their family. Now, of course, some men were carried off on stretchers because the treatment, the brutality of their confinement 
and um, the the beatings that they took by the North Vietnamese was legendary, and John McCain was one of those men. So at, at what point did you intersect with John, and what was his condition when you sat with him? Well, his condition was he was having a tough time to walk, and his shoulder was severely damaged because of his ejection and when he landed in the, in the lake there in Hanoi. And the, the treatment of the Vietnamese was not the most uh, efficient for him. So he had the same li- limitations that we see on TV as he aged, and I saw the same thing there early on when he came back. But one of the things that uh, I experienced in the brief debriefing of not only McCain, but also some of these other pilots that I met in my debriefing experience with the Department of the Navy when they came back, was I never heard one of them ever say, my goal was to get out alive. I had 331 guys tell me the same thing, and that was this. That our goal is for all of us to get out alive. It's either all of us or none of us. And that was the spirit that McCain really fostered among those POWs. I understand that some of this, uh, I'm sure, is still confidential. But what can you tell us about what happened to them in the Hanoi Hilton, especially for people who are too young to really have, you know, experienced the -the on-the-spot news reports when the POWs returned? Well, certainly they experienced a great deal of torture trying to get information from them. But the thing that was so impressive about these men was they realized that their motivation was the man next door. In other words, how I respond to the torture that I'm going to be subjected to in 10 minutes is going to impact the guy next door to me. And so their motivation was the man next door, not themselves. Uh, Bruce, there's a fraternity of Navy flyers. Can you, you talk about that, about when you would meet each other and what the conversation would be like, whether it was John McCain or other men who were also serving during the Vietnam War? It was all about the privilege of representing our country. The issue of being a Navy pilot is you're at the highest level of aviation, but you're doing it with the highest country in the world, and you need to put those two things together. Do your job well, be very efficient at it, be proficient at it, but at the same time realize it's a privilege because you're representing something bigger than yourself. That's what we always talked about. It was the privilege that we had of representing our country. So what about, though, in confinement? I mean, you suffered many, many surgeries after crashing in Vietnam yourself. And, um, Bruce, I know that you feel a sense of uh, commonality with all those who suffered, especially in the Vietnam War. So what is it that you look back on and you say, okay, well, this is what America was like in that era. Um, now you see America in this era. And, you know, you've seen uh, POWs come back. Um, we've seen soldiers come back from Afghanistan, from Iraq. I mean, wh- what have we learned since then? Well, my experience when I came back, Kathy, was uh, not a pleasant one because of the treatment of the POWs and the treatment of our military personnel when we came back in the late 60s and early 70s was not the most uh, conducive to re- receptivity. The thing that I appreciate right now more than anything else is whatever your opinion is of the war in in Afghanistan and in the Middle East, at least they're treating our veterans with some dignity and respect when they come back. I didn't get that when I came back in the late 60s and early 70s. I came back in 1971, and that was not a a pleasant time. But at least I'm saying that today, our culture today, is at least we're treating them with some dignity and respect and appreciate what they do. That's a big change. Bruce, um once John McCain became a United States senator, of course, you you recognized him. You knew the man. What were your thoughts? Did you follow uh, the career closely uh, as he battled his way through uh, the, the decades uh, serving the country? I certainly did. I followed him with great interest because he's one of the most fair fair people I ever met. He would let you know his opinion, but he always did it fairly. He always gave you great respect and dignity for the other side, the opposition. 
And I actually appreciate about that in his politics because that's who he was as a person. Mm-hmm. I experienced that with him in, in the service, and he did the same thing in political world. Mm-hmm. In fact, I even voted for him. <laughs> so, Bruce, when you saw him, I mean, he was a firebrand in the Senate. He was he was disliked by many in his own party because he wouldn't toe the party line. And I've often wondered if if the same character traits that allowed him to survive confinement and beating um, and ridicule by the North Vietnamese are the same character traits that allowed him to act and think as he did as a senator. I think so, Kathy. I think it was about his vision. It was what drove him both as a naval officer and a pilot in the POW as well as his political life was his vision for America. He viewed it as a unique country and a unique opportunity he had to serve. His whole life was about service. So it was very consistent for him to move into the political world actually get out of the military world because it just highlighted his ability to make a service opportunity and serve his own country and the people of our of our nation. He was very service-driven and very visionary. What's surprising for us, Bruce, is when you look at news reports and stories and whatnot about John McCain is that in many ways the um, the experience of the brutality that he served during the war, the Vietnam War, that's on display here. People sort of miss that sacrifice, that incredible sacrifice that he gave for the United States. I mean, he could have, by his own volition, because he was the son of an admiral, he was a a prized prisoner, he could have left his men behind. And his refusal to leave those men behind, um, to stay and, and, and to suffer along with those men who were in confinement as prisoners of war, that, to me, speaks volumes. I mean, that's everything about a man. Everything you need to know, I think, about John McCain is his refusal to step away. And so when I hear Absolutely. people today... That's a reflection of his character. But that comes from his, his high vision for what it means to serve our country. That is, that's what drove him. It was not about himself. It was not about his ease of getting released from prison. It was about the benefit to the other man. And that goes back to the point I made earlier about it. it's the band next door who is my motivation. Mm-hmm. I know how they treat me will impact the guy next door, and I need to be responsible in my own conduct and my own response when I'm tortured so that it does not impact the guy next door. That was very much John's attitude, as it was for all the other POWs that I talked to. So what did you think, Bruce, over the years when you saw him? I mean, he was often vilified more by his own party than the opposition. Well, I thought that said more about them than him. So, Bruce... um, John McCain diagnosed with um, brain cancer a year ago, uh, you know, when his uh, diagnosis was first released. I remember physicians saying, you know, he had three weeks to live or he had two months to live and that was the maximum. So it probably knowing him as you have um, as you have stated, it probably doesn't surprise you that he outlasted all expectations. No, very much so, Kathy. I think I think that's very much part of his character is that he was such a a, a fighter who did not give up. And you'll mention that many times. You just don't give up. You always come back. And I think he just took one day at a time, and that was his reason for his stability in the midst of his cancer treatments. Yes, sir. Took one day at a time and did the best he could one, one day at a time. So if we're called to remember our fallen heroes, and uh, John McCain is certainly a fallen hero, um, how do we remember John McCain? Speak as, as his friend, someone who knew him many years ago and followed his career. How should we think of him? I think we, with great respect and dignity, you may not agree with what he did, but you have to admire who he was. I think we need to look at the man more than we do the things that he necessarily represented. But the things that he represented are very, very critical for us as a country. 
Well, Bruce, we thank you. But who or what he represented that I think is how we need to think of John McCain. Who or what he represented. Who or what. Bruce, uh, this is a, a sad day, I think, for a lot of people to see one of the lions of the Senate mm-hmm. and certainly one of the great patriots of this country pass away. Hopefully in the days ahead, he will get his due and be honored as he is. But uh, I think that uh, you know as well as Kath and myself and anyone who knows the story of John McCain and his faith as a believer in Jesus Christ, that his reward is re- happening right now in heaven. And, uh, and Godspeed, John McCain. Amen to that. John, I would also say that uh, while I did not know him very, very often or very personal in the sense of time-wise, the time I did have with him was very, very impactful in my own life. That's Bruce Bickle. Bruce, thank you so much for joining us today and for being a part of the conversation and just giving us the firsthand perspective on the man, John McCain. Blessings to you both, and thanks for the privilege. RPTS, the Reformed Presbyterian Theological Seminary in Point Breeze, presents the 2018 Westminster Conference, Saturday, September 8th, at Memorial Park Church in Allison Park. Join Drs. Ligon Duncan, Joel Beakey, Michael Lefebvre, and RPTS President Barry York for this year's theme, Soundly Preaching the Word of God, preaching that is plain, faithful, wise, and zealous. The 2018 Westminster Conference, bringing the Westminster Confession into the 21st century. Register now at rpts.edu. Let's get to work with e Verify, the modernized employment eligibility verification partner that can maximize your potential. They're helping employers throughout the hiring process so they can focus on other business. Get started at everify.gov slash go. Love to have Bruce Bickle with us. If you don't know who Bruce Bickle is, I'll tell you what, uh, he's been one of the key figures that has been faithful and uh, a strong force of the gospel here in the city of mm-hmm. Pittsburgh for many, many years. His uh, downtown lunch Bible studies are something that are famous for their attendance and for the vitality of his teaching. His morning breakfast thing, you know, at Christ Church at Grove Farm. Yep. And uh, a church that I attended, uh, we were in, in search of a pastor, and for a year and a half, Bruce was in the pulpit every Sunday, just, uh, I mean... He is a powerhouse of gospel truth in, t- in preaching and teaching. Bruce Pickle. There's a beautiful statement uh, written about John McCain by his daughter that she released on Twitter today. If you uh, follow me on Twitter, Kathy underscore word FM, um, I retweeted it just a couple minutes ago. It is so beautifully stated. It is really, really lovely. Um, Something I read about John McCain in the Wall Street Journal today, their editorial board did a tribute to him, and he said this. You ready for this quote, John? Hmm. John McCain said, I fell in love with my country when I was a prisoner in someone else's. Hmm, that's a great quote. Of course, right? You're homesick. Mm-hmm. Homesick to be home. Yeah. I've always thought, you know, and I understand that politics is cantankerous and I understand that people disagree. Um, but I always felt as if whatever your disagreements with John McCain were, you needed to just be quiet a little. Just be quiet a little and just think about what he lived through. Just think about it yeah. before you respond in anger or in you know, frustration or whatever it is, because these people who lived through those moments um, have shown us something uh, that we don't. I like. I don't have that. No. What he had, 
that type of resolve, that type of commitment to those other men. I mean, he because of who his father was, as you stated, and John, his grandfather, and his grandfather, the North Vietnamese were ready to to release him. Right. They were like, you know what, you can go, and he chose to stay. But that's the power of a, a, a father speaking wisdom and truth and power into mm-hmm. his son, and that's what John McCain exhibited in Vietnam as that prisoner of war, and then later on when he came home. John McCain sadly missed. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, our podcast up and running, johnandkathyshow.com. Have yourself a great night. Thanks for being with us, Scott Willem. We'll see you tomorrow. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Word FM and Salem Communications.